All right, so here we are, the Randy Cross Podcast. This is season one. This is episode one. want to thank you for finding us. As always, you can still go to randycross.com um, for all your needs uh, when it comes to the podcast and everything else. Um, kind of excited. We're going to be joined today by Tim Brando, former colleague at CBS Sports, now at Fox Sports. He does football. Uh, and he does basketball. In fact, he was just involved with the ACC tournament uh, as Raycom signed off uh, from the sports world of doing games. So going to be great to talk to Timmy B., one of the good guys in broadcasting. All right, now time for my rant. They did a poll. And when I say kind of a poll, they, they did a pretty extensive poll. They, they talked to about 2,000 millennials. And what they wanted to know was, what is your prime source of stress, just in life in general? And, you know, it's, it's an interesting list, but it really shows <laughs> what, kind of, uh, <laughs> what kind of stress millennials really have. Three in five had these comments. 20 washing the dishes, choosing what to wear. Job security is number 18 on the list, which tells you this is a bunch of young people because they're not concerned with job security, evidently. Um, as we keep going down here, five of the things on the list were related to your phone or device, either running out of battery, uh, running uh, out of signal, uh, not having Wi-Fi. Uh, number one on the list, in fact, three of the things on the list, too, were related to credit cards, whether it was fraud or losing it or losing the wallet. Um, kind of interesting. And I hope you get a chance to save stuff like this and then look back on it in 10 years, in 20 years. And you know what? I hope you laugh because things do change. People do get different. Um, and different things mean different things to the same person in the context of time. So, you know, when you say back in my day, well, here we go. Hey, son, I found a picture of your grandfather in the armed services. Now, a good, you know, 40 years from now, there's your grandfather there balancing on a couple of beers. You know, that's well, when I was a boy. Well, when I was a boy, my grandfather served in the army. Well, in 2060, my grandfather, well, he knew how to use a phone and make himself look like a dog. And, you know, then there's always my grandfather looked like this. Boy, they took stiff pictures back then. 2090, my grand, I uh, don't know what to say, but you get the point. All right. Thank you very much. Time now for the interview section of this show. All right, I'm joined now, as promised, by Tim Brando, former colleague of mine at CBS Sports, now currently employed with Fox Sports. He does college football. He does college basketball. In fact, he was just doing the ACC tournament. Tim, welcome. Randy, at long last, I'm so glad we were able to get this taken care of. My, As I'm speaking to you, I'm finally making it home after what has uh, been a, a you know my usual football, basketball grind of about uh, 
eight, eight and a half months. And now I'm going to sit back at the Chateau and do the Big Daddy D. That's what my grandkids call me. I'm going to do the Big Daddy D thing, watch the tournament with everyone else, and just uh, kind of enjoy the fact that I know I'm not having to prepare for eight, eight teams and four games in one day like I used to for all those years. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Play yeah. a little golf and enjoy myself, you know? Hey, you know, to get to get kind of a busman's holiday starting your final four March Madness off, do you have any uh, sleepers for people out there that are doing their last-minute bracket fills? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I've got, um, in my final four, I've got Texas Tech making it all the way. I wow. love Chris Beard's team. Uh, I love their draw. I think the, the matchup that could be really fun, I think there are two sleepers in that side of the bracket, Nevada, made it to the Sweet 16 a year ago, and Texas Tech. And to me, Texas Tech has been proven uh, because of the way they had to play and the competition level that they had in the Big 12. It wasn't easy in that league. Uh, it wasn't a vintage year for the Big 12 with Kansas not being necessarily the Kansas of old. But Texas Tech is a lockdown defensive team. And defenses travel. They've got a great shooter in Culver, and I think that they have the ability to do a lot of things in this in this tournament. And I just like their draw. Yeah. I really, really do. Um, Tennessee is the other team that I believe will spoil it for one of the ACC top seeds. I think Virginia is is going to run into a really um, tough and difficult Tennessee team. And I know people are saying, "Well, they just got." The door's blown off by Auburn. Look, that happens. And they had just beaten Kentucky and I think maybe exhaled a little bit in that game, Randy. Yeah. Uh, I love Grant Williams. I think the the world of Admiral Schofield. Uh, and I think the volunteers under Rick Barnes, they're a veteran team. I think they understand uh, the, the tournament that they're in and how you go about getting the job done. Virginia's got some limitations, Uh and I saw them, as you know, in the ACC tournament. Florida State, I thought, exposed some of those limitations with their size and with their length. But Tennessee's got all those things, uh, especially uh, power people inside. Um, I see chalk the other way. I, I think Duke is in a great position, even though they're going to have to work. I mean, right. they will be challenged. And they will be challenged as quickly as the second round. Uh, either UCF or VCU are athletic and we'll give them a tough go uh, in the East region. And Virginia Tech has already beaten them. And the Hokies are getting Justin Robinson back. You know, he has not played for the better part of uh, uh, five weeks, uh, almost six weeks. But he's a great leader. He's a point guard. And with you know, Keel Alexander-Walker as a guard and with uh, the outstanding play that they get from Blackshear inside, I think they are – uh, going to give Duke a great game. And then I get Michigan State as the two seed. That's the team that really did get, I thought, uh, a bad break. Yeah, um, absolutely. You probably heard the criticism. They would have been better served losing the Big Ten title game mm -hmm. because Michigan didn't get placed on the same side of the bracket as, uh, as Duke did. But sometimes that's just the way it falls. And uh, But I like Duke getting through, and I like North Carolina to get through. I think the Tar Heels are probably in the best possible position of any of the one seeds. And frankly, Randy, um, I think they're going to play again. I think North Carolina and Duke, for the first time ever, will play in the finals and advance to the championship. 
And I think in a fourth matchup, I like Carolina. I think they're a more complete team. And I think the Tar Heels are the team to watch now uh, to, to get it done. Because, you know, right now, Duke, as good as they are, um, they are struggling with their three-point shooting. Hmm. Uh, they went two for 14 in that title game that uh, that G-Man and I had. And, and I'm going to tell you, I think that uh, that's going to be a problem for them. Uh, Zion Williamson's a, a, a generational player. I mean, he's a once-every 20-25 year guy. But they're not getting the help with uh, the perimeter shot uh, at all from, from R.J. Barrett or from Cam Reddish. And uh, you know, if Trey Jones is, uh, is is outstanding and can create some turnovers for them against North Carolina, then they get a shot. But I think the way Toby White's playing right now and the great shooting capability that North Carolina has with Luke May and particularly Cam Johnson, I think he's the best shooter in the country. Yeah, I think Roy will beat Kay in that monster. Can you imagine a monster matchup? That like would that? be fantastic. At long last, North Carolina, they never played in an NCAA tournament. Hey, I, I got a question for you. There's a team that that is out there that I'm, I'm hearing a lot of talk about, at least uh, in Buffalo. But I don't know much about Buffalo. Do you? I saw them just a couple of times. Couldn't tell you anything really about them, other than they play really tough. They're a transition team. Um, they got um, they played Marquette. Who's got that outstanding shooting team? of theirs with uh, Marcus Howard and company. And I think he went off that night for something like 53 points. But Buffalo wanted to play with them. They wanted to run. They are a speed team. Uh, they're a team that I believe believes that they can you know, go up against uh, anybody and, and out-shoot them and, and press and go full court. A lot of times teams like Buffalo, um, when they play bigger, stronger guys that um, – but also can run, uh, they can be in trouble. But they are a tough defensive team as long as they're playing full-court pressure. A lot of times full-court pressure leads to open looks. I think it depends on the draw with them. Mm -hmm. uh, they had some success last year. They returned some of that talent. So, yeah, that's I've got them, I think, winning their first-round game. I do have them winning their first-round game. So I've got them going to uh, – I can't remember if they play Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, but I think I've got them going to the second, the second game. All righty. Hey, I, I I can't have you on and not talk a little bit of college football. What were your thoughts? <laughs> what were your thoughts about the 2018 season? And do you think we're going to see as much of sort of the same old groups when it comes to 2019? Yeah, I mean, Randy, we as long as we have these same. Um, criteria and, and, and play with the playoffs. Uh, I don't see any real changes. Uh, the bottom line here is, uh, unfortunately, like it or not, you can schedule down if you're Alabama or Clemson, and it doesn't matter. And uh, it's a problem. Uh, when you're only playing eight conference games in one league, nine in another, and the Alabama's schedule last year was horrific. This year, it's worse than that, uh, and it won't matter. Yeah. So that's one of the problems that um, that the, the college game has until they adopt and understand that they need to go to eight. I, I certainly hope. I know Jim Delaney's leaving uh, the Big Ten after the 2020 season. I sure hope one of his legacies is that he drives through 
the expansion to eight teams before he leaves. Yeah, I, I hope that that's I hope that's one of the things that that he plans on trying to accomplish because it's desperately needed. Uh, well, by by, by the seeing, same by the same token, Tim. I mean, you've got Ohio State in the Big Ten, and you've got Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and obviously they have competitors. But you take those four teams; it's hard to imagine at least three of those not being in any kind of a four team yeah, four yeah, team playoff. But because we've because we've seen such a not a dearth, but a a sort of step back in the Pac twelve. That they're either uh-huh. cannibalizing themselves or the recruiting and the, and the level is just not where it's been. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, the Pac-12 in general is in peril. Um, this notion that uh, you know maybe the, the the Big 12 and the Pac-12 might merge down the road one day, uh, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. But it could, you know, down the road. I mean, I could see that. Potentially, if we ever go to a super conference situation, I also think uh, our old friend Mike Oresco's uh, conference, the American Athletic yeah. Conference, is getting it's getting hosed. That league is so good, is delivering you know not just one great team, usually one great team, but two or three really good teams. And you know, I'm here to tell you, I saw enough Pac-12 to know. Now, Oregon will be in good shape. Mario Cristobal has really recruited well. I think they could, uh, you could see a resurgence in their game, their team, uh, this year, especially with the, with their quarterback, with Herbert back and his, his brother coming in. Yeah. Uh, and the recruiting class that Mario had. But other than them, uh, you know, SC's going nowhere fast. Uh, Chip still has another. He's going to need two or three recruiting classes at UCLA yeah, to get that thing going. Washington's still good, but they're not great. Uh, and Washington State is hitting this based on who the quarterback is. We'll just have to wait and see with them. Yeah. Uh, but the league in general is suffering, uh, and, and across the board, financially, uh, I don't need to tell you how bad the basketball was. Uh, they, in my opinion, should have only had one team in the tournament. They managed to shoehorn a second one in in basketball. Uh, but, yeah, the problem I have, and I and I moaned about it this past year, and as you know, because you used to come on my show years ago that was still going on when we went to the playoffs, and no one no one wanted the playoff more than me because the godforsaken BCS was the worst thing that, that was out there. But I'm not sure that the BCS wasn't more inclusive in the sense that you know, with the the metrics that they utilized, it wasn't just it wasn't just uh, human beings saying, "Oh, those are the bigger, stronger, faster guys with the biggest brand." So we're going to bring them in. I, I think you know UCF would have had a better chance of making a potential ECS final than making a fourteen playoff. Yeah, with the system in play. I mean, that's the sad part of all of this. Yeah, you know, if we he, utilized he, if we he, utilized some form of that, then we would have we would have had more inclusion, but we don't. So I don't want, Randy, I don't want to, in, in July, I don't want to be able to tell everybody who the four teams are going to be uh, uh, because there, I, I know there's parity out there. You know there's parity. Absolutely. But we can't tell with the system in play. You can't tell. It's the same teams every year. And I don't want it to become the NBA. I mean, the last thing I want college football to become is as predictable as the NBA. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, humans don't always make think, make things better. Sometimes they need a computer and some stats to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the people on the committee, and I, and I know they're well reasoned, intelligent people. A lot of older coaches, Randy, mm-hmm. uh, that that I've respected for many years, but they see the game through the same prism. You know, the the the, 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 the kind of guys that would would look out there at warm ups and say. Oh boy, those guys look like they can play. Yeah. Well, I don't want that kind of, I don't want that kind of thinking, slanted thinking, going into the process. Uh, if it's the same group of older coaches that believe the game has got to be played one way, then we're going to get these same teams every year: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then name, you know, that that other team uh, that. that that's going to get in there, whether it's it's Oklahoma, uh, which right now appears to be that team, and, and once Texas beats them, it'll be another brand name like them, mm-hmm. you know, out of the Big Twelve. So it really shuts the door to any team that that comes out of someplace special. And it, you know, it had Washington State beaten Washington last year, I think it could have really exposed this process for what it was. Because I thought Washington State, from a defensive standpoint, was better than they'd ever been. And I would have loved for them to have been on the outside looking in with just one loss. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they got a little bit of a break when Washington State lost the Apple Cup. Uh, and, you know, weather had a lot to do with that, as it oftentimes does in that game mm-hmm. uh, for Leach. But one of these years, uh, either a team like them or somebody else, is really going to get hosed and and won't have a chance to get in, and it's just a damn shame. Uh, college football deserves a, to do a better job for itself than it currently is, and this this fourteen playoff right now is as bogus a process and as exclusive uh, a club as I think I've ever seen, and we just we just don't need it. I mean, yeah. Nick Saban's a great coach. Alabama is going to be is, is a juggernaut. I don't want to rain on any. I'm not running on any of their parades. Okay, I'm not. But when all you have to do is just line up and play eight teams, and you can you can go and play uh, Arkansas State and uh, Louisiana Lafayette and the Citadel in November and get away with it. You know that that is yeah, pathetic. There's something, there's something wrong with that. Absolutely pathetic. All right, hey Timmy B, thank you so much and safe travels. Good luck getting back to the chateau. And all the best, and uh, enjoy your time as the grandfather for a few months. Man, you know, Archie Manning told me a long time ago, he said, man, I didn't know I'd have two first-round picks. I didn't know that I'd have two MVPs and Super Bowls, but I got this for you. Those six grandchildren are even better. And he was so right. Yep. Yes, <laughs> he is. is. Super talking to you, Randy, and uh, continued success. And give my guys up there in 43 uh, that you're working with, many of whom I shared time in the booth with my, a big hello. Okay? All right, I sure will, Tim. Thanks, man. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Ah, great stuff with Timmy B. And hopefully you know a little bit more about basketball, maybe a little bit more about college football. But uh, you'll agree with me. This is one of the good guys in broadcasting when it comes to college sports. All right, speaking of sports, time for our sports news.
All right, my uh, favorite sports stories for this past weekend. Uh, pretty quick and easy to 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 get those together. Uh, the Players Championship moved from May to March. Used to be in March. Now it's back there. Uh, Rory McIlroy, amazing job, especially on Sunday when everybody else in that tournament was basically throwing up all over themselves. Rory McIlroy hit clutch shot after clutch shot, one by one stroke over Jim Furyk, who hit an amazing approach shot on 18, uh, which just wasn't quite enough. And uh, Rory McIlroy gets himself a, a big win. He had finished in the top five, like in the last six tournaments he played in. So he finally w- breaks through again and gets himself another win. Now, um, a second favorite note in the game of sports is March Madness. Uh, you know, this is probably... Uh, the period of time during the year that people at work get the less work, the least amount of work done, because you know at this taping, this is Tuesday, so that means the play-in games, and that's going to happen. Those are going to happen today and tonight, and that'll set this bracket to be exactly in. So if you're watching this on Wednesday and you don't have your brackets in, you're too late. You're not going to make it. Now you just get to fill these out and do them for the fun of it. And we put in a static still basketball because, well, up until the Monday of the Masters, Monday night, when the final, final four game is played, that's the most still you're going to see a basketball for the next three weeks or so. Have a great time and enjoy March Madness. My third favorite sports story of the week, Haloti Nato came out of Oregon a while ago, about 14 years ago. 6'4", 340 pounds. He was drafted in the first round by the Ravens. Played some with the Lions. He, he got around. Was it the Eagles in 2018? And he's a guy that had a huge presence. But it was the way he retired. You know, I retired. I announced mine at media day of the Super Bowl in January of 89. He had a little bit more unique way of doing it. He joined a group of NFL players climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, gets to the top, and unfurls that banner and announces his retirement from the NFL. Great for you. This is one of the good guys. This was an amazing player, and he's able to go out and finish his career on his own terms. Congratulations. And best of luck in your next life. You better grab your blankie and just squeeze it real tight. These people need to get a real life. Ah, yeah, Chad Prather's little ditty. I love that. I love me some Wambulance. Today's Wambulance is centered around something I was shocked to find still existed, frankly. MySpace. Are you still on MySpace? I think at one time I had an account. But once the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that started, I kind of lost touch. Well, they made a confirmation. Now, a couple years back, they said, we might have messed up and lost something. Well, yesterday or the day before, they announced and confirmed, yes, they had. They lost 12 years of music. 12 years. You know how much music that is? That's in all the accounts. 12 years of music on MySpace? Is that really that big a deal? I don't know. 
Now, if you were to tell me some of these old TV shows were making comebacks, yeah, you might get a little rise. I might say, yeah, that's great. All the archives of Friends, yeah, yeah, or 90210 or Fresh Prince or Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah, I'd be concerned. But MySpace lost 12 years of music? There have been 12 years of MySpace? I didn't know that. I don't know. I'm showing my age. All right, time now for my favorite section every week, the feel-good story. All right, time now for our feel-good story of the week. And again, it involves animals. And again, it comes from our friends at the Dodo. And this is a story about a gentleman in Greece named Takis. And what Takis does is he checks empty lots, he checks dumpsters, he goes down to the beach, and he rescues puppies. And whether you know this or not, there are people just flat leaving puppies all over the place, especially in Greece. Watch this, it'll break your heart. Three more puppies. I can't leave them here, so I will take them with me. Look at this. We have to look around, maybe we'll find more. One woman called me. She said that they have abandoned two puppies next to the sea. They just throw them there. That's a special individual taking care of all those all those puppies. A huge need. He sees it, and he's filling it. God bless you, Takas. All right. I want to remind you where to find this Randy Cross podcast. You go to randycross.com. You are in the, all the same platforms, but at Twitter, it's at RCP underscore fans. That's our fan page. 
You'll find us on YouTube, Facebook, the same group of access points. But you can always find this podcast at randycross.com. I think you're going to really, really like this golf version of Happy Trails.